Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, sitting here with my good buddy, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Hello, everybody. We're glad you're here, too, as always. I know I say that every time, but I mean it every time, too. Absolutely mean it. And I'm glad we don't have that screen in front of you so I can actually see when you're finished talking. Yeah, I'm glad that you're past that cold. I wouldn't wish a cold on anybody. No, and... You did interrupt me a few times last podcast before I finished my amazing illustrative thought. But did I really? You did, but now it's gone, and I can tell when you stop talking. And not me. I know you're just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. No, I can read your face and. I can see when I interrupt you with my face. Oh no! <laughs> I can see the wheels. I can see the wheels spinning in your head. Yeah, yeah he's just wanting to say something. Ain't it the truth? We've been together for a long time, man. Just to review what took yeah. place last week. We were in the book of Ephesians. What were we trying to do with the book? Well, of we Ephesians? have this idea, and the. The thought gets bigger and bigger and bigger as we think of it. But there's a a premise that I've heard all my Christian life that Ephesians 1, chapters 1 through 3, I've heard words like the positional truth, the your standing in Christ, and 4, 5, and 6 is the practical. The practical. Practical. The do's and don'ts. And so you just you go through chapters 1, 2, 3, and then you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are new. You've, And then you get 4, 5, and 6, and now you're told to put it into action, and here's some things to do. That couldn't be further from the truth, man. I just don't see how anybody gets that out of chapters four, five, and six. I just don't see it. I I don't know. I sit there and read the scriptures, and I can't make them fit the idea that it's just a practical three chapters. I I think, well, are they even reading the the last three chapters? Do, Do they... Are there phrases in there that they don't comprehend, so they just take the verbs out of the last three chapters? I don't know why they would call it the do's and don'ts. Did they miss the point of the whole Old Testament? Before we get into it, I think we need to make the case that 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians is not practical. Because... Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, if it were practical, every, everything you're, you think you're to practically do in Ephesians 4, 5, 6 has been proven definitively in the Old Testament that you can't do it. Absolutely. And on the Sermon on the Mount, 
no one is righteous, no one does good, no one is righteous, no, not one. So why would you be told to do something no, not one is done? I think I think that was um, Romans. Romans 3, 10. No, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none who seek God. All have gone astray. There's no one good. Yep, just like Paul said in Romans 7. There's no good thing dwelling in me. For the wishing to do good is in me, but the doing of good is not. Last three chapters of Ephesians are not, and I repeat boldly, are not telling us to be doers of the word. In our own. In our own human effort. So let's look at one in particular. And just by way of review, remember we started out chapter 4. It talks about the uh, a critical difference between the Old Covenant and New Covenant. It compares, I think it's in Psalm 68, is the quote that it is repeated in Ephesians 4. In Psalm 68 it says, When he, the king, ascended on high... Meaning, when he became king, it says the people gave... A political ascension. Uh, yes, a political he, ascension he, to the, the throne. The king didn't go to heaven. No, I found that out when I was watching King Charles on TV, and they said the ascension of King Charles. I'm like, that's what that means. He became king today. He went from the son of the queen to the king. We call it to the, the king. That's positional. The swearing in of the president in, yes. in our means the same thing, the ascension of the king. Yes. This, this, yes. The king in Psalm 68 became king. It says the people gave gifts to him. Paul changes that terminology and he actually says when Jesus became king, the king of kings and lord of lords, he didn't receive gifts from men, he gave gifts to men. Big difference. Yes. And these gifts were he gave some to be apostles, some to be pastors, teachers. What else were they? Servants. Prophets. Prophets. Those gifts were abilities. To equip. Yes, to, to equip. For works of service, to enable them to do works of service. They were abilities. Those gifts are abilities. And remember, we talked about last week, this is important too, when the Solomon's son became king, it said he, he had some advisors, and they said, we think you ought to lighten the load of the people. So that's kind of moving in the right direction. That's a good thing. And also lighten up on that punishment you're you're giving them, whipping them. If they're not doing the works you're giving them to do satisfactory. Sounds like church kind of. 
funny, Bill. That's funny. It, but but true. But true. The pastor beats the people up in the church if they're not. Okay, so we'll we'll call that group law light. Okay. Little law. Light little, load law. Light load law and lighter punishment. Yes. Then there was another group that he consulted, the king consulted, and they said, no, double the burden and double the punishment if they don't keep up with the burden. Keep up with the work. Keep up with the work that the king is giving them to do. Yes. Would you like to go to his church? Oh, joy. So what you're saying is this passage in Ephesians refers back to the passage that we're looking at where the king had two sets of advisors. One said lighten the load and the other said double the burden and the punishment. Yeah, and Solomon's son went with the double the burden and double the load. And got killed for it. He wasn't popular. He wasn't popular. Now this quote comes out of Psalm 68 that is quoted in Ephesians 4. And the quote from Psalm 68 says, When he ascended on high, he received gifts from men. What Paul quotes in Ephesians 4 is he actually changes it. What Paul says in Ephesians 4 about the quote. Yeah, Paul, okay, he quotes it, but he changes it. Yes. He changes the quote. Yes. There's a difference, a huge difference. So it said, when this king, Solomon's son, he received gifts from men. When Jesus ascended as king, it says he gave gifts to men. You see the law and grace in there? Oh, yeah. You see why you can't make Ephesians 4 practical? Right, right, right. Amen. Because if it was practical, then Jesus would have received gifts from us. Right. He would have received works of service. Right. Which, that's what it says here, that he gave gifts to men. Big difference. To equip them. To equip them for works of service. To e- Let's say that again. To equip them for works of service. He was giving them the ability to do whatever he needed them to do. That's New Covenant language. Gift, grace, New Covenant terms. Lingo. Demand, works, are Old Covenant. But they're not commands and works. And we're going to see where it looks like you're you're seeing commands, and they're not. When Jesus ascended as king, Jesus, king of kings and lord of lords, he didn't receive gifts from men, he gave them. And it said these gifts were, he gave some to be apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers. Evangelists, prophets. Evangelists for equipping the saints for works of service. So there's things to do and you're going to be equipped to, to do, do them. 
Right. Right. You're so not, you don't have the burden of doing them yourself. Because you yourself are unequipped to do it. Right. Like to do the works of service. Like it says in Hebrews, we all need to be equipped. The reason we know, the reason we're confident, as we're telling you this today, that if you don't understand Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, and you think Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 is the things you're supposed to do or the things you're supposed to stop doing, then you need to go back to Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 and, and get it correct order. Get the prayers out of Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. And let's just re-energized. Ephesians 1 says the first prayer is, let me get the first part right. He prays that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ would give to, see, there's gift language right there. Gift language. Would give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding would become enlightened that we may know the hope of our calling, the riches of his inheritance, and the incomparable power that's available to us. Power is ability to do. To us who believe. To us who believe. Like the working of his mighty strength, God's mighty strength, which he exerted in, in Christ and raised him from the dead. That's resurrection life. That's your power, his resurrection life in you. And he can exert that strength in each and every one of us. And Paul wants us to have a spirit of wisdom in Revelation so we would know about that power that he can exert in each and every one of us. And then when we move on to Ephesians 3, he says, For this reason I kneel, praying again, before the Father. I pray that out of his glorious riches he would strengthen us with power in our innermost being where Christ dwells in our hearts through his faithfulness that we being rooted and grounded would have power power to do something power to grasp comprehend what is the height and depth and width and length of the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. He's saying, I want you to know how high and how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So four measurements, immeasurable knowledge. How much he loves you. Once you know that, you'll never try to do anything for God to get him to love you or love you more or stop hating you or as I used to think where so many people take that grieving the Holy Spirit oh restoring fellowship yeah yeah, causing him not to love you and he just I can't even look at you Steve yeah what he did right can't believe he would do that yeah. Give me a couple days, maybe I'll Get reconsider. No. 
that's not it. We see that there is no difference between Ephesians 3 and Ephesians 4. Because now in 4, it looks like it's getting practical. But we, we just saw that he gave gifts to men, these gifts to equip us for works of service. He's not expecting us in our natural abilities to serve him. That would be hugely disappointing for God to believe that under the law, no one was righteous, no, not one, no one does good. They're all corrupt. And the, then to say, okay, new covenant, new start, now do the, the same again. thing. Try <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> yes, yes. This gets us to one of the things, and let's just, there's so many things in Ephesians 4. If I have in my mind, we're going to spend some time on Ephesians 4. I won't try and pack them all in. So let's just try and do one maybe today. Okay. Well, here's one everyone's familiar with. Grieving the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Obviously, you... Go to the bars. You go to the bars. Backslide. You start smoking cigarettes again. Grieve, grieve the Holy Spirit. Right. That's the way it is thought of in modern day Christianity. You're watching a movie and you didn't close your eyes during one part and you grieve the Saurus. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to know how you grieve the Holy Spirit? You mean how Ephesians tells us about grieving the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes, indeed, I would, Bill. Okay, so let's, if I can get you to read Ephesians 4.29, we might have to do a little grammar study. Too. Okay. I think it's 4.29 and 4.30. We start, I'll start in 28, how about that? Yes. Let him who steals, steal no longer. Rather, let him labor, performing with his own hands what is good, in order that they may have something to share with him who has need. So let, stop stealing. Yeah, stop stealing. Work with your hands. Got it. Stop let, stealing. Work with my hands. Okay. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So... Let no unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. That's got to be curse words. Talking about a, a certain girl or something. Coarse joking. Coarse, yeah. Telling the, the bad taste jokes. And we're, we're saying those aren't cool either, but what is he saying? What does... Apostle Paul say, grieving the Holy Spirit is. Let's get to that part. So he says, let no unwholesome... Read it again. Okay. The part that concerns grieving the Holy Spirit. 
that you may have something to share with him who has a need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for telling a person all his faults. Oh. <laughs> Took you a minute to get that, didn't it? <laughs> So yeah. if you used to steal, <laughs> yeah, and then you stopped, yeah, but then you shoplifted one more let, time, let, you greet the spirit. Let let me just read it the way it really goes. Only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not Grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Wow. So what's the opposite of grace? Wouldn't that be law? Yes. Can we say maybe putting the law on someone? Is the unwholesome word? Could we go back to our he gave gifts to men? Yes. And not he demanded service from men? Right. Did they couldn't give? Under the law? Right. Not what Ephesians 4 is, 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 is saying. But telling someone that they need to do for God what they can never do would, in their own strength, would be grieving the Spirit. Telling someone to produce something that they can't produce is what grieving the Spirit would be grievous to the spirit to watch somebody fail and fail and fail when the spirit's ministry is that you're righteous. The spirit, if the spirit was ministering to the spirit, the spirit would say, oh, you're righteous, Holy Spirit. And that would make the spirit in the person who's receiving that ministry not grieve. It seems to be saying, or when it seems to be saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, it's almost like it needs to say, let the Holy Spirit do for you what you can't do for yourself. And when you're not saying that, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. That's I'm, exactly it. I'm putting that poorly, but... Well, let me give you... Four examples, four or five examples of what grieves the Holy Spirit. Okay. Because it says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So unwholesome talk grieves the Holy Spirit. What is unwholesome talk? The word translated unwholesome is the Greek word sapros. Do you want to know where this word sapros is used? Because it's used by Jesus in every place but where Paul uses it in Ephesians. So I'm going to read Matthew 7, 17 and Matthew 7, 18. Okay. 17. In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree is not able to bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. 
a bad tree is sapros. So it uh, it's an unwholesome tree. Yeah, let me let me get it exactly right so I can make the point clear. Okay, so I'm ready. You see where it says but the bad tree brings fruit bad. Okay. <laughs> the word bad there is sapros. Oh, the same word in Ephesians. Which is unwholesome, unwholesome talk. Yeah, so do not do bad talk is the way it should read. So can you show us what that word saffros or unwholesome means? I can give you the strongest definition. Amen. It, it is rotten, putrefied, corrupted by one and no longer fit for use, worn out, of poor quality, bad, unfit for use, worthless. Worthless. So it's saying don't direct somebody, don't tell somebody to do something in total futility. Don't let the words yeah. of futility come out of your mouth. Never let the words of futility, words that are unfit for anything, they don't help the situation. That the words of the law were try hard, try hard, try hard, and you never accomplished it. The words of grace would be let the Spirit do it in you, and they're saying don't let your words be anything else but let the, the spirit, spirit do it in you that it may have give grace to the hearer that yes. everything else that's not grace is a waste of words it's exactly. in a waste of direction exactly. yes it doesn't matter if it's good human effort or bad human effort as, as far as the new covenant is concerned it's still a filthy it's human rag. effort it's still yeah all our Righteousness is as filthy rags. All our best effort is as filthy rags. Same thing here in Ephesians. Let him who steals, steal no longer, but try harder. Telling a person to stop stealing and try harder and get a job is unwholesome talk, according to the Apostle Paul. It's because it's not telling him how to do that. Because let him who steals, the only way he's going to stop stealing is when he learns to depend on the Spirit to supply all his needs. And he doesn't feel, I, I, I need this, I better steal it. Unwholesome talk is telling someone to stop doing bad behavior in their own human effort, which makes Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 the way it's taught as a practical so way of doing were, grieving the Holy Spirit. So if you were to tell somebody don't steal anymore, it would be don't grit your teeth and stop stealing, but by the grace of God, don't steal anymore. Like Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Or by the grace of God, I'm not a thief. But the grace was not in vain towards me because it said, let, let the person steal no longer but labor. 
Paul said, the grace of God was not in vain towards me because I labored harder than all the rest, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me laboring. Don't steal, but labor so you have something to share with somebody who's in need and don't let unwholesome talk proceed from your mouth. Only what is edifying that puts the person on the right track only what is edifying to the person at the moment of their need. When they're trying to battle against stealing, you give them edifying words like, let the Spirit have control of you so you stop stealing. That, Like it says, that it may be grace to the hearer. In other words, we're to put on our thinking caps when we talk to somebody and not put them under the law. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit because the only thing that grieves the Holy Spirit is when you don't let the Holy Spirit do what it needs to do. Not that you could prevent it from that, but the only thing that grieves the Holy Spirit is when it's not active in you. When your human nature is active in you, that grieves the Holy Spirit to see the human nature manifest itself. Because the Holy Spirit could have done a beautiful job of what you actually desire to do. Jesus gives us this amazing examples. Yeah. Have we even gone to? No, but you use the word unwholesome, and then look how Jesus used the word unwholesome. Okay, so I'm in Matthew seven seventeen. Is that where Jesus used the word? Yes. He says, you will reckon, I'm going to go with the 16. He says, you'll know people from their fruit. Grapes are not gathered from thorns or figs and thistles, are they? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree is not able to bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree to bear good fruit. And the word for bad tree is our word saffron, meaning, okay, meaning rotten, putrefied, corrupted by one and no longer fit for use, worn out, of poor quality, bad, unfit for use, worthless. Okay, and that is the description of the bad tree. And the description of the bad tree is a picture of your human effort on its best day. It says you on your best day can't produce fruit and the spirit on its worst day can't help but produce fruit. Even on its worst day. It's very clear that Jesus said that. He said a bad tree cannot produce good fruit and a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Not one single time. It's the word poieo. Poieo. Not a single time time. can your flesh produce fruit for God that's good. Yes. Not a single time. Not a single time. And not a single time does the spirit miss bearing fruit. For God. Every time it bears Every fruit. Every time, not a single time does it. 
that's why when it says let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, it, it's saying let no word promoting the tree to come out of your mouth. The bad tree, promoting the bad tree to come out of your mouth. Let no word that you ever say promote the bad tree. You never want to promote the human effort. You never want to give somebody just a do not steal without saying but labor in the spirit so that you have something to give which is how the epistles go they say do this in the spirit do this in the lord do this in god do this in this in and just not to be redundant every once in a while it doesn't say in the lord but it's what's the word it's assumed that it, it is it doesn't keep repeating itself you get the point and it, it, it right right it doesn't say in the lord every time because you got to get the gist of what's going on everything is meant to be in the lord so when it says do not steal and doesn't say in the lord means in the lord reminds me of a one of my favorite movies lines in that my cousin Vinny, I think I get it. No, I don't think you do if you think now your human effort can do something good. Yes. You don't get it. You don't get it. So get it. Get it. Our human effort cannot produce good fruit. It cannot produce the fruit of the spirit, which is also in Ephesians, by the way. Yes. Or, or Galatians. But there's some fruit mentioned in Ephesians. Oh, wait till we go off on on your calling and, and walking in a certain way and proving what the will of God is. Because all those things are mentioned in Ephesians and they all have to be unpacked. And you'll see them for what they actually are and what the new covenant is saying about them. Not what a mixture of the old covenant and the new covenant are saying about these things, but what a pure statement by the new covenant is saying these things. And we're going to go, we're going to get a few more of these that Jesus said. Okay. And then we're going to go into Isaiah 5 mm -hmm. and get another picture. Okay. And then we're going to go to something else Jesus said. Okay, because we don't have much time. But remember, Jesus is talking about a good tree and a bad tree. Yes. Okay. The good tree, we're going to find out what the good tree is. Okay. And we're going to find out what the bad tree is. But let me, let's do one more of these. Uh, let me do Matthew twelve thirty three, Which is the same thing. Matthew 12 and Matthew 7 are the same thing. Matter of fact, if you don't mind, I want to do Matthew 12 because it's a soapbox issue for me. I very much am impassioned about what Matthew 12 is telling us because if to get the gist of the story, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are telling Jesus that he casts out demons only by Beelzebub, 
the ruler of the demons, that Beelzebub, the ruler of the demon, is casting out these demons for Jesus. It's not Jesus and the Holy Spirit doing it, but it's Jesus and Beelzebub doing it. And Jesus said, every blasphemy against me will be forgiven men because that's what it was. It was a blasphemy to say Jesus was casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. So Jesus says, every blasphemy against me will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven men. And it goes on to say the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven men either in this age or the age to come. Remember, we're talking about the issue of Jesus casting out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you can't blaspheme that Holy Spirit. He, Jesus says, either make the tree good in its fruit good or make the tree bad in its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit he's saying either i and the spirit that in me is in me is the good tree or i'm the bad tree the saffros tree the saffros tree but you know Jesus is the good tree. And then he says, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Then he switches from the good tree to the good man. He says, the good man out of his good treasures brings forth what is good. Who is the good man? It's Jesus Christ with the spirit inside of him is the good man. And the evil man out of his evil treasures brings forth what is evil. The evil man equates to the human man, the bios man, the man born of human parents, the human nature, the human, the old man is the bad man, the evil man. He's the one that only produces <coughs> putrefied, go ahead, say what it is, putrefied. Rotten, putrefied, worthless fruit. Rotten, putrefied, worthless fruit fruit is what the old man of us brings forth. But the new man of us, which is Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, brings forth what is good. And he says, you, I say to you that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for in the day of judgment your words by your words you shall be justified and by your words you shall be condemned it, it should be or condemned right no it, it it's right to say and condemned you will be justified and you'll be condemned because the words 
that you say, meaning I did it, it was my power that did it, or the thoughts that you had thinking, I'll do this in my strength, I'll tell somebody else to do this in their strength, those words will be condemned. But the words that you say that I will do it by the Spirit's power, and I will tell everybody else to do it by the Spirit's power, those will be justified because they will make it through the first Corinthians chapter three fire. You remember in that day of judgment, the fire will test each man's work, what sort it is. It either produces wood, hay and stubble, or it produces gold and fine jewelry. Well, the spirit produces gold and fine jewelry and the blasphemy of the spirit produces wood, hay, and stubble. Do you remember Jesus said, you will be judged by your words, every careless word that you speak? Well, the careless words that you speak will not make it through the fire. The ones that said, I did it, I, I was the one who did it, or, or he did it, he was the one who did it, or Johnny's a good guy and Bob's a bad guy. All those types of careless words will burn. You will be judged. That's why he says you will be judged not only in this age, but the age to come. You'll get your pat on your back, right then when you take the credit and you will lose your eternal rewards. That's what he means by blasphemy of the spirit. The spirit in you gets the credit for what you do and you store up treasures in heaven by giving him the spirit, the credit. That's what Jesus was talking about when he was telling these Pharisees that they should not blaspheme the Holy Spirit because they would lose rewards. They had the potential of earning rewards, but they were losing their rewards because they weren't giving the Holy Spirit the credit for casting out those demons. At that moment, they were losing their rewards. They were being condemned for what they said. On and on the word pictures go, but you have to understand what Jesus was saying and how it relates to just that one little sentence we are looking at in the book of Ephesians where it says, don't steal, don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. There's so much information you need to just look at that, that verse in its right perspective. You just can't do it without all this foundation. So with that in mind, I, I'm going to pray that, Lord, we would receive and take root in what you are trying, to, you are telling us take root in what you are telling us and then we will no longer be a plant planted in the desert or a tree planted in the desert, but we will be a tree planted 
in the river and we will bear fruit in due season, Father. That's what we want to be, is a good tree. And Ephesians and Jesus are telling us how to be the good tree. So, Lord, please let them take root in that thought. In your son's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Yes. And we are going to pick up on this next podcast. Yeah, we're going to do the same subject next podcast. It's nowhere near being finished. No, not even close. Yeah. Love you guys. Good night. Good night, you guys. We love you. <laughs>